they might try to do credentials right away. Uh, say, hey, we're signing up for this new for this new platform. Enter your you know work email, work password there. They don't know better. They don't know all the stuff we're we're using yet. So part of the onboarding process we do is we try to have them meet everyone in the company, meet, have them meet and establish like, oh, this is Kevin. He doesn't make 60 gram, grammar errors in a text message every day. That's probably not him. The big question is, how can you fix and transform your organization's most important foundation, your software, into an asset which allows you to become better every single day? Each department is at its best when it can smoothly, efficiently, and productively operate. And to do that, you need to pay attention to the lifeblood of your organization, your software. The custom software creation geniuses at Architect Now are presenting this podcast as a way to help leaders think more strategically about their software and to roadmap what needs to happen in order to be at the top of their game. No, this podcast is not going to scramble your brain by talking about DevOps or API calls. Our goal on this show is to make you better by giving you the high-level insights that you need so you can better make decisions that will not only be cost-effective, but will help your team on an intangible level as well as a technical one. Welcome to Newsflash, your software company. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Newsflash, your software company. I'm your host, Corey Durkin, and along with me are Alex Will, Kevin Grossnaklaus, and Don Jacobs-Meyer from Architect Now. And today we wanted to talk to you about fishing, not deep sea fishing, not uh, saltwater fishing, not freshwater fishing. We are talking about fishing as it relates to your employees and your organization having data compromised. So there's a couple different ways that people are fished. And for the explanation of what fishing is, uh, we will turn to our resident expert, Alex Will. Alex, if somebody has just kind of heard the term bandied about on the news or on headlines, or they're hearing us talk about it right now, um, explain to us what fishing is. Let's just start there. What is a football? All right, yeah. So phishing is basically where we're going to be like impostering either organization or a person to perform like a malicious act against someone. Um, it's to, it's pretty much a type of social engineering um, that people use to you know attack a person or organization. So when we talk about phishing in the technical world, we're usually looking at two different types of, of phishing, right? The more general email phishing of I send you a, a link to reset your Microsoft password. Right, but it's going to a spoofed page that looks just like your organizational sign-in page. They, they get your credentials and go from there. The second one is one we're seeing a lot more um, through spear phishing. Right, we put a lot of information about our, um, you know, our company and our employees on our our website. We're proud of who we have, so we put their information out there. But guess what? That also allows them to kind of figure out your email pattern and know how to target directly new employees. Right. They get a LinkedIn update saying, blah, 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 started at Architect Now last week. They know that person's new. They're getting a lot of new emails. They're meeting a lot of new people. So a lot easier a phishing target. So they will target them directly and ask for gift cards or ask for, you know, random things like that. So, so take me through the, the example of the new hire. The new hire is sitting there. They've got emails coming in, jump on this meeting, have this client meeting, make sure you meet with HR to get your open enrollment, make sure you get this paperwork done. Walk me through 
what the um, the new employee looks like, uh, what it looks like to them when they're sitting in their inbox and they have these different email requests come through. What, what are some specific examples? You mentioned gift cards. Tell me a little more about that and tell me a little more about some of the other uh, emails that they can get that are, are phishing emails. Yeah, so um, when a new person gets hired on, they're very nervous, right? They're starting a new job. There's a lot of emotions going through them. They're going to overwhelm with information because the organization is probably busy. That's why they're hiring. They're trying to get more people. So they're probably overworked. So they're sending constant emails, trying to get things going. And when you're a new employee and you get an email from the CEO, your VP, you're like, oh, no, I better do this quick because I don't want to have a leave a bad first impression. So what they'll see in their email is something like, hey, this is Kevin, President Arctic Now. Can you send me your phone number real quick? Right, they get the phone number. They establish a level of trust to that phone number, and they can start attacking them through a whole bunch of different methods as well. Uh, because your email typically has some sort of security on there, so a lot of the phishing scams will be caught after a while. But going through text, SMS, different story. Um, but so one thing that uh, will happen is they might try to do credentials right away. Uh, say, hey, we're signing up for this new for this new platform. Enter your you know work email, work password there. They don't know better. They don't know all the stuff we're, we're using yet. So part of the onboarding process we do is we try to have them meet everyone in the company, meet, have them meet and establish like, oh, this is Kevin. He doesn't make 60 gram, grammar errors in a text message every day. That's probably not him. This is Don. This is the software we use. Here's our approved software. Um, here's, your Mac, here's your MacBook with you know, Microsoft Defender already on it, all that kind of stuff. So we try to make it as easy as possible. And a lot of it is just a social aspect um, to there because most most of your hacks are not coming through some guy sitting in his basement with his hoodie on hacking your mainframe. He's social engineering your employees, and that's probably, that's the easiest part of the attack for them. Yeah, that totally makes sense, and that's definitely a lot harder to defend when you have brand new employees. Now, Don, tell me a little bit about how Architect Now does it and how you recommend people approach the onboarding process when it comes to making sure that a new hire is less likely to be um, ensnared in one of these phishing scams. What do you recommend from an onboarding standpoint to really help them get ahead of the curve? So there's some pre-work that goes into this before you really sort of start that process, obviously. Uh, We use Microsoft Teams heavily internally for a number of reasons. A, it's a great product, but more specifically, it's a it's a closed environment. It's a closed sandbox. So the only people that can get in there are people that you invite. And there's you know security and regulation and governance around all of that that you know is is easy to use by default. They do a great job. I bring that up because not everyone really has a sort of closed sandbox productivity environment for their internal employees to use. So we're not using email, which is an externally facing, you know, communication channel to collaborate internally. So we make a point to tell everyone who's new on day one, hey, you know, you should always ask or double check if you think someone internally is sending you an email requesting anything. You know, we do all of that kind of stuff internally within Teams if um, we need anything done. So part of it is just sort of setting the stage of here's the protected internal environment. You know, here's what's inside the moat. 
And here's what's outside the moat that, yeah, we interact with occasionally, depending on what your role is. Um, but if you don't have uh, a, a well thought out kingdom for your organization and know exactly what is a protected zone and what is not a protected zone and share that to your people, um, you're leaving yourself pretty open. So those are the things that we explain to new employees. Absolutely. And as we wrap up the episode, Kevin, what are a couple of the tools that you can recommend right off the bat that people could look into if they are thinking about how to protect themselves, um, you know, at least as quick as possible and with as little lift as possible to preventing this kind of stuff from happening? And the, the, the first, and, and I think that Alex and Don both kind of touched on this, is just communication. It's not necessarily specific tool. Don was exactly right. We use Microsoft Teams effectively as a communication device, but the people in Teams are only our employees, right, that, that can communicate. So we trust that we've got the right two-factor authentication. We're using Office 365. And uh, when, when Alex mentioned earlier, when a new employee starts at Architect Now, they usually, you know, they change their company on LinkedIn. It gets, you know, we talk about it. We say a new employee. It's crazy to me that within a few days, they're already getting emails that are spoofed from me that says, hey, please, and we use gift cards and we, we brought this up, but it is weird. A lot of people ask for people to go to, you know, hey, this is Kevin, your president of the company you just started working for, go to Best Buy, buy a bunch of gift cards. I need them for some reason they'll describe, then give me the codes off them because I'm going to go do something. I've never in my life asked anyone to buy me a gift card. So when people started Architect Now, in addition to all these tools and software, Microsoft Defender, Office 365, lots of different things that we use. We give them laptops that already have antivirus and certain tools that check for this. So we do a lot in terms of tools, but we also communicate. We say, hey, day one, Don was right. It's, it, and Alex, it's, it's introducing your team. I give them my phone number or, or Microsoft thing, just call me. If you ever get an email from me that looks suspect, call me on the phone. Let's talk in person and ask if it's legit. I will never complain about that because you're going to get emails that seem like they're from me. I wish that wasn't the case, but that is the case. Or, or you're going to get emails that look like it comes from Alex or whomever and asking you to do things or log in and sign up for stuff. If it looks suspect, look at the URLs, look at where you're going. If this is a tool you've not heard of, please don't enter your username and password uh, because somebody immediately is gonna have access to that. Uh, we use two-factor authentication on everything. Um, every tool that we can find, it's with very rare exceptions. So someone would physically have to have a phone or you know, with them to, you know, even if you did fall victim to a, a phishing scheme, uh, it's less, you know, less impactful if the minute they steal your username and password, try to log in that your phone buzzes and says, somebody's trying to log in, please accept or deny. Well, they don't have your physical phone. Two-factor authentication is a pretty broad net that we would encourage people if you're using, whether it's your email or company network or other tools, you know, gravitate towards tools that have that. That is a big, you know, it's a safety net. It doesn't solve the problem 100%, but it's a significant improvement communicate with people we run tests alex sends out to all of our employees periodically um, in the microsoft ecosystem there you have the ability to send a a simulated phishing so we send out an email from us it looks like that you could do various things but we send one out recently that looked like it was from a bank it said please go here and log in with your microsoft account or with your your work account and we get a report that says you know fortunately our team is pretty good about not doing it uh, we're, we're also very technology savvy just through the nature of our business many organizations are not so that test could 
for many companies probably open their eyes as to certain groups of employees that might be more susceptible. And in the end, it's, it's a learning exercise. If they do go and enter their username and password, they get notified that this was a test and the admins get notified and then you can do more training to make people more aware. So I, tools help, two-factor authentication helps. Uh, simulated phishing emails are a way to, you know, let people know what it is and how it works and maybe, you know, spark the discussion. But I think communication is number one. Let people know who's who. We went virtual. I mean, everything that, that we've said on this call, if we were all in the office, somebody could, you know, just walk up to me and say, hey, Kevin, I got an email from you that asked me to do this. And I might, it might ring a bell that I didn't send that email. I've had friends that uh, had, you know, secretaries got an email from the business owner that said, please transfer a large amount of money into this bank account because I need it for something. They did it. They moved money from bank account A to bank account B because they had the ability to do it. And the boss asked. Uh, and it was really just a phishing. They just literally gave money to a nefarious actor that sent an email and asked for it. Uh, they got an email that had banking information in it and they did a transfer. So it isn't just enter your username and password. I mean, they could ask you to do all kinds of things that would be bad for the company. And never thought it would be as prevalent as it is. But even at Architect Now, we hired a new employee a couple of weeks ago. And within three or four days, uh, he was getting emails from me asking him to enter his phone number and, and log into places that were not. And I use me as an example, but that's, you know, the, the worldview that I have is fortunately this, this new team member at Architect Now reached out to me and said, you know, I've only worked here a short time, but I got this email from you. Is this legit? And it wasn't legit. And it, he did a great job of catching it and asking and, and sparking the discussion. So communication is number one, number two, two-factor authentication. Uh, and then we really live in a zero trust environment. All employees' security rights are limited. And just to piggyback off where he's going with that, um, another co common one is the you know spooked websites, right? And they, they copy the Microsoft login, they copy your Google login. Uh, we started using a tool called One Password. One Password is just a password management tool that essentially you have one very long password you remember, and it should be a phrase, have spaces in it, fifteen plus characters, things like that. And then for every other single website you have some randomly generated password. You would never know what it is, right? You're just copying and pasting it. That is one strong part of that. But the other strong part is it will actually check the website you're, you're using it against. So if yeah. they spoofed it, you would know right away because they say, hey, this is not the, the correct website and go from there. So we are big proponents of that. We also have to um, be able to regenerate passwords. It also tells us when um, some of the passwords we've used or have been in a, in a, a recent breach. Because breaches, people get breached all the time. Um, passwords are getting exposed to the internet. That's a common phishing scheme. Someone was like, I have your password. And it was from a breach and, they, and it scares them. But it was it's an old password that they had. But um, the password manager has been a big benefit for us. No, I think that's huge because if you're if you're using something like 1Password and um, you're, you're being directed to log into Architect Now's Microsoft Teams login, it might be a long URL and it might be microsoft.org.uk and they might have, you know, created this whole other, like you said, spoofed URL and you're doing a million things. You see the email, you click it. Like our, our spidey senses are not tingling every, every second of the day, unless you're Jason Bourne. So, you know, it's, it, it is possible that somebody who is tech savvy could miss that. Um, and if your one password login doesn't work, then you go, hey, wait a second, like 
that never doesn't work. And then you, you know, you look closer and it, and it really does stop you from, from having a scenario where you're, you've been fished. So, um, gentlemen, this is a great episode. It's a great place to leave it for today. We will see you all on the next episode of Newsflash, your software company. Thanks so much. Thanks, Corey. Thank you. This podcast is presented to you by Architect Now. Whether launching new cloud or mobile apps or modernizing your legacy platforms, Architect Now can help you identify the best options and work with you to bring those ideas to life. If you like the information in this podcast, we can assure you it is only a fraction of the actionable wisdom and insights you will gain by talking to the team at Architect Now. To learn more and start a conversation, visit us on the web at www.architectnow.net. We'll see you on the next episode of the Newsflash, You're a Software Company podcast.